You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Yodi Anderson. Thank you for joining us for the very beginning of our podcast series. I thought the best way to start off the series would be to talk about the beginning, puppies. So today, I'm going to be telling some trainer tales about some dogs that I've worked with, both my clients' dogs and my own. I'll be sharing my top three things for what I think you should teach a puppy, and I'll be taking a question from the Facebook Positive Results page. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Swipe It's a revolutionary new product that literally swipes away cat hair from virtually any surface. You know, most of us struggle with a roller or vacuum cleaner to clean up cat hair, but anyone who has tried either of these knows they just don't work very well. But Swipe It's patent-pending glove has a magnetic-like quality that removes cat hair from almost everything. And best of all, Swipe It's is machine washable, so you can use it over and over again. To order, just visit SwipeIt's.com. That's S-W-I-P-E-T Yes, a simple solution for shedding. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Teodi Anderson. I promised you we would talk about puppies, and that's what we're going to do. The first puppy on the agenda is Andy. Andy came to me as a six-month-old golden doodle whose parents were concerned that he had started to growl. Now, if you're a client of mine, you don't have to go hide from the podcast. I promise to change all the names to protect the guilty. So Andy had started to growl at people, and at first his folks weren't too worried about it. The first growling incident was at a vet's office, and they thought, "Eh, you know, vets are scary places, and some dogs get nervous going there, so maybe it was just a fluke. But later that same week, Andy growled at some children's friends that had come over. Their kids had friends, and they came over to play. And Andy had growled at the children. Then two weeks later, he growled and snapped at a neighbor. So that's when they decided to come to me for help. So they brought Andy to me. And after I did my assessment, I do a very thorough case history, I realized that Andy's issue revolved around socialization and probably not what you think I'm going to say. Let me talk about socialization because that is my number one most important thing I think that you should do for puppies. A puppy's most critical socialization period is between about birth to 12 to 16 weeks. Some trainers say 12, some trainers say 16, but around that area is a critical socialization window. That's when the puppies learn that the world is either a scary place or the world is a wonderful place. It just depends on their experiences. Socialization is so important for puppies because it really can only be done well during that window. It is much, much harder once that window slams shut to socialize dogs after that age. And that's a lot of responsibility when you bring a puppy home. I mean, let's face it. You bring that cute little fluffball home, and he's so adorable, and he's got all this potential, and he's exhausting. You want to show everybody this puppy, and mostly that's a good idea. Socialization done properly 
is making sure that your puppy has lots of experiences, but they all have to be positive ones. You need to train that puppy to know all sorts of different types of people, different races, different genders, children, senior citizens, men in baseball caps, people in hoodies, raincoats. You need to get them used to different environments. You need to get them used to different dogs. If you have cats in your life or birds, you need to socialize them with those creatures as well. You also need to get them on different surfaces. I once knew a puppy that would only eliminate on grass, and his parents moved to Arizona, where there's very little grass. And he had a lot of problems, started having accidents in the house because there was no grass for him to go on. He had only been used to going on grass. So it's really, really important. If you have bad experiences with your puppy during this time, if your puppy thinks that the world is a scary place, this could impact him later. And what you might expect me to say is that's what happened to Andy. That's not what happened. What happened was his parents had every best intention in the world. They were wonderful pet parents. They took him everywhere. And they told me this. They said, Teodi, we, we took him to the kids' soccer games, and we took him to the school to meet the kids. We brought him as show and tell one day, and we took him to all the pet supply stores in the area, and we took him to the local post office, and we took him to the local hardware store. We took him to the park. We took him to the neighborhood. We introduced all our friends. We had a huge party over the holidays. We brought him over to meet him. What they had done was instead of socializing their puppy, they had overwhelmed their puppy. And they just didn't recognize the signs. It wasn't their fault. I asked them, when you brought Andy to the soccer game, what did he do? And they said, oh, he was such a doll. He's so easy at the soccer game. He just sleeps the whole time. I'm thinking, oh, that's not good. When a puppy falls asleep, yes, it could be tired. And remember, puppy stages, they have those wonderful naps that go away. You really miss those naps when they go away. But what happens is the puppy starts to yawn and then the puppy falls asleep. Yawning can be a sign of stress in dogs. So what was happening, they were at the soccer game, they were on bleachers, all the kids would surround the puppy because he was so cute, this cute little golden doodle, all the parents would come in, people overwhelmed him. So what he did was he started yawning to show that he was stressed, and then he fell asleep. What little Andy was saying was, I'm going to go to sleep and when I wake up, I hope this nightmare is over because he was shutting down. That's one of the signs that a puppy's not having a good time. Now, if a puppy plays really hard and has a good time and then falls asleep for a little bit, that's normal. But what they didn't notice was that he was falling asleep at every single soccer game at the beginning of the soccer game. This poor little puppy was overwhelmed. So what he learned was that children and people in bleachers and being outdoors was not a good experience. Same with the holidays. Holidays are a crazy time. We're just getting past one. And if you have too many people over and the puppy's a little uncertain, you don't recognize the signs, it can completely overwhelm a puppy too. So unfortunately, we had to do some backtracking and retrain Andy to learn that people weren't scary. They didn't have to be scary and environments didn't have to be scary. It was harder to do because he was past that critical socialization window. It's not completely impossible. There's always hope and there's always things that you can do with a positive trainer to help you. But it is much harder after that socialization window. So the most important thing I think you should train your puppy is socialization, but done right. You definitely want to expose your puppy. You want to be safe about it. You want to make sure that you're being safe in terms of puppies not having all their shots yet. So you want to make sure that they're not walking in areas that sick dogs have been. But you also want to make sure that they're having a good time. Look for signs that your puppy is stressed. You want to go ahead and check for that yawning. Licking their lips is another sign. 
turning away, they'll get clingy. They may try to burrow into you or, or try to, if you're standing up, they'll paw at you to try to be picked up. You want to make sure that your puppy is having a good time. Bring lots of treats associate every experience with lots of treats and make it fun. Keep all your little socialization sessions really, really short because you want to make sure that before that window slams shut that your puppy had the best socialization experience ever because it's really going to impact him as he moves into adolescence and as he becomes an adult. It is really scary how that brief window can make such a huge impact, but it really can. So we're going to be right back with more puppy tips, and a question from the Facebook page right after these messages. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. At PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. PetSmart. Be better together. Go to PetSmartDeal.com and save up to 30% on awesome gifts for the pets and pet people in your life. Toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com today. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to audibledeals.com. That's audibledeals.com. Hi, this is Marcy Davis and my service dog, Whistle. And we're your hosts of Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Working Like Dogs is the show where you can learn everything you ever wanted to know about working animals or working dogs. Whether you're a member of a working dog team or you've just seen a working dog or animal out at the mall or the grocery store and you're curious about how these amazing animals work with their human partners, then Working Like Dogs is the show for you. Join us for the inside scoop at Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Teodi Anderson. And today, we're starting off our very first podcast in the series, talking about puppies. I shared with you my top number one important thing I think it's important to cover with puppies. And now we're going to move on to number two. And for that, I'm going to tell a personal tale so my clients don't have to hide anymore. This is about Logan. Logan was a wonderful Labrador that I had. I lost him last August. But when he was a puppy, I had already made plans to go visit my parents. 
Now, I'm in South Carolina. My parents used to live in Maryland, and I had arranged to bring the puppy, and along with my other two adult dogs, to visit my folks. I'm thinking Logan was probably maybe 10 weeks old. Beautiful little Labrador retriever. This was many years ago. And I was very careful because we were traveling and he hadn't had all his shots yet. I was very careful on the trip up. And when I got to my parents' house, I was so proud of this little puppy. I was so eager to show him to my parents. My parents are big dog lovers. And they made a fuss over him and they loved on him. And I thought, this puppy is well on his way to being spoiled rotten as my parents have a tendency to do. And uh, after a couple days, I noticed that my parents still said sweet things to him and talked to him and paid him some attention, but all about three feet away from him at all times. And I started thinking, well, that's kind of odd. They're, they're petting the older dogs, but they don't seem to want to go near the puppy. And of course, he loved them. He was a very gregarious Labrador, as most of them are. And he would go bounding towards them and they'd be backing up the whole time. So I thought, all right, what's going on here? And I would say, is Logan bothering you? Is he too exuberant? Because he was, he was a bouncy boy. And my parents would be like, no, no, he's fine. He's such a sweetheart. They'd be backing up the whole time. They told me this. They didn't want to hurt my feelings. Well, it didn't take me too long to, to get to the bottom of the situation. He was being a typical puppy. He was gnawing on them. He was those puppy needle teeth were going at them and it hurt. And so while they thought he was sweet and adorable, they didn't want to get near him. I used to say that Logan was like a baleen whale. He would open his mouth and just go through life, sifting anything that came into his mouth. All puppies mouth, all puppies teeth. Some puppies, some breeds or breed combinations are more prone to it than others. So that brings me to number two. The second most important thing I think you should train your puppy is bite inhibition. This is don't bite down on people. Now, when your puppy bites down on you, he's not trying to be dominant. He's not trying to be alpha. He's trying to engage you. If you've ever seen puppies play together, they chew on each other all the time. It's a wonder that they don't have holes in them at all. That's what puppies do. Puppies mouth for lots of reasons. At four months of age, they're teething. So those baby teeth fall out. In case you didn't know, puppies have baby teeth. They get adult teeth in. They push through the gums. Their gums hurt. So chewing on things makes their gums feel better. You're really soft. So they'll just go ahead and chew on you. Most times they're trying to play. They want to play with you. You can also accidentally teach the behavior, which is not good. If you roughhouse with a puppy, he's going to learn to chew on you because that's what you're teaching him to do. Maybe you don't mind it, but your grandmother may not enjoy it so much. Or the four-year-old, again, might not find it so amusing. So sometimes we contribute to the problem. I didn't do that with my dogs. I trained my dogs to be therapy dogs. And those are dogs that visit hospitals and nursing homes. So I never roughhouse with my dogs because I don't want them to learn that behavior. I didn't need to teach it to Logan. He came naturally good at it. He was extremely mouthy as a puppy. But let's think about that. He was a Labrador retriever. Retrievers are bred to put everything in their mouth. They don't care if it's you. So he was very, very good at it right off the bat. So we really had to work on his bite inhibition. Basically, you don't want to punish the puppy for biting you. Again, he's just trying to get you to play. He doesn't know any better. You don't want to push your fingers down his throat or pop him on the chin or flip him over, any of that old-fashioned stuff. What you need to do is teach your puppy that it hurts. When your puppy bites down on you, you need to give a really pathetic ow and not an ow like you're angry, which you will be because it really hurts. You need to be pathetic. Go for the Academy Award in sadness. Just go ow like it really hurts. 
most normal puppies will immediately stop, back up, and may start kissing you. I used to teach puppy kindergarten, and every class, I would take a puppy, put him in my lap. I'd go around the room for each puppy, put the puppy in my lap, go ahead, put my fingers in his mouth, let him chomp on me. When he bit down really hard, I would do that. I would go, ow, and I would flinch. And then every puppy immediately stopped, looked horrified that he had hurt me, and immediately started kissing my face. That's what a normal puppy is going to do. They don't want to hurt you. They have no idea that those little needle teeth hurt so bad. Because when they chew on other puppies, other puppies think it's great. So that's why you don't want to be really exuberant about it. If you are, if you go, stop it, or start yelling at them, what's going to happen is your puppy's probably going to think you're playing. He's probably going to think you figured out the game, and he's going to come back at you harder. You don't want to do that. Do the pathetic owl. It is extremely effective. Just remember, your puppy has the attention span of a turnip. So you're going to have to do it a lot every single time and get everybody in your family to do it too. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to train them. Just be consistent. And the number two most important thing I think you should train puppies, that bite inhibition. Logan got much better at it as he got older. He was much better at it. And he ended up being a therapy dog. And he brought a lot of people a lot of joy, including me. My third top thing I think you should train your puppy brings me to another dog. I told you that I did therapy work. I'm an instructor and evaluator for pet partners. And one of the things that I do is evaluate teams to see if they would make a good therapy team and able to go into hospitals and nursing homes and different facilities. I was testing a little corgi many years ago, and it started out really well. The the test starts out where they have to sit and hold a position while you go shake the person's hand. And I petted him on the head and he was fine with that. And I walked around the team. They were fine with that. And it started out okay. And the woman was telling me the entire time about that the dog knew 50 different tricks that he could do. He knew how to ride a skateboard. He knew how to sit up pretty. He knew how to shake. He knew how to give five high fives. He knew how to do all these tricks. And she was going on about the tricks that he did. Well, part of the test involves me touching the dog all over his body. And I had to hug him because that's what people do in therapy situations. You go visit sick children, they want to hug the dog. They want to pet the dog. You have to teach them how to do it appropriately, but that's what people want to do is when they're sick in the hospital and if they're dog lovers like we are, they want to pet the dog. Well, I went to hug this little corgi after I had touched his paws and looked in his ears, which he was getting a little nervous about, I noticed. And I went to hug him and he snapped really hard. Now, he missed me. I'm very careful when I I do this test. I don't want to lose an ear. And I stopped the test right there. The dog obviously was disqualified. And I said, I'm very sorry, ma'am, but your dog won't allow me to touch him. She goes, oh, he doesn't like to be touched. And I just thought, wow, that's what all therapy dogs need to have is the ability to be touched. And she wanted to just do the tricks of the dog. She didn't want the dog touched. And that's not what therapy dogs are. So my third most important thing to train your puppy is handling. The reason why I say these top three are puppy things is that bite inhibition really can only be taught in that puppy period. Socialization can really only be taught in the puppy period. Handling can be taught later, but it's easier when they're puppies. You need to teach those puppies that they can be touched no matter where. Their feet, their ears, in their mouth, if they have a tail, on their tails, on their bellies. If you don't train that to your puppy, he may not like ever being picked up. He may not like having his nails trimmed. He may not like having his ears cleaned out. You just need to train it. And it's really easy to train. You just need to take the time. What you're going to do is get a bunch of treats and touch your puppy's paw, give him a cookie. Touch the next paw, give him a cookie. You're not going to do a lot of touching at first. You're just going to touch it with one finger. 
then two fingers, then get up to a little massage, work it gradually, but make sure you cover the most popular areas that puppies don't like, which is paws, teeth or mouth, ears and tail. Most puppies have one of those spots that they really don't like you messing with. You don't want to force the issue. Instead, you want to make it a positive experience. You're going to have to groom that dog or you're going to have to tend to that dog for the rest of his life. So you want to make sure that you can touch him all over, especially the mouth. You want to make sure if he gets a hold of something, you can reach in there and pull it out without him freaking out or getting upset and wanting to go hide. What if it's a pill? What if the vet says you have to give your puppy pills? You want to make it as positive experience as possible, popping those pills in their mouth to make sure that they don't start getting hand shy and want to avoid your hands instead of enjoying your hand. So those are my top three. Socialization, bite inhibition, and handling. There's a lot more. We could talk for days about puppies, but those are my top three most important things I think you should train a puppy. What is a puppy? A toy breed. I have a papillon. Little toy breeds like Maltese's and Papillons, they're physical adults at a year. My medium or large size breeds like the Labrador I used to have, about two and a half. My giant breeds, Great Pyrenees, Leonbergers, they're not adults till three. Now, I have a tendency to call all my dogs puppies, however old they are. But when we talk about these three important things, socialization, bite inhibition, and handling, the puppy critical period is about zero to 16 weeks. And that's when it's really important to train them. It is never too late to train your dog. You can always teach an old dog new tricks. But that's for puppies' most critical period is that early to 16-week area. I said that we would take a question. So we're going to take a question from the Positive Results Facebook page. Jeannie Crockett of New Bern, North Carolina wrote in. She said she was starting to work with an 11-week-old Irish Setter puppy and it had some health issues. And she wanted to know, when should you start working with a puppy? Should you wait for it to go to the vet or can you just start working with it right away? And I thought that was an excellent question, so I couldn't wait to share it with you. I prefer to start working with puppies right off the bat, as soon as I bring them home or as soon as my clients bring them home. I think you should set some boundaries. I think you need to start training, especially house training, bite inhibition, all those wonderful socialization things as soon as possible because you only have a limited amount of time before they grow up and get out of that period. So I think it's important. If a puppy has health issues, though, you may not be able to do all of the training that you want to do. You definitely need to have a great relationship with your veterinarian. If the puppy is too sick, then you obviously can't work with that puppy. But this particular puppy had a little, I think, a broken tip to his tail and some minor things. They thought maybe some ringworm. So there were lots of other things they could do with that puppy, like house training, still work on that. You could still work on some of the handling, depending on not near his tail, because the tail was probably painful. But you could still work on a lot of the issues that are important. It really depends. I do also recommend that you get a puppy to a vet within 48 hours of bringing that puppy home. Even if it's been checked out by another vet, take it to your vet and start that relationship early. It's going to help pinpoint some early problems and help you know what to expect, what's next for your puppy and get it in a good positive relationship. And you can make it a socialization training episode too. Bring your cookies, have everybody in the vet's office. If they're not too busy, feed your dog cookies, make it a really positive experience for that puppy. He's going to have to go to the vet for the rest of his life. So you don't want him to be scared of the veterinarian. So again, medical issues. If your puppy has a urinary tract infection, for example, then of course house training is not going to progress very quickly until you get that dog medical care. If your puppy 
has some issues with broken bones or something terrible like that, and sometimes it happens, unfortunately, especially in rescue, then you may have to wait on some of the training. But for the parts of the training that you can do, depending on what those medical issues are, I encourage you to start right away. Just start from day one. What's harder for dogs is when you spoil them rotten for the first week, and then you realize they're getting bigger, and then you start setting rules later. You don't have to be a dictator to be a leader in your home. I am a positive trainer and I encourage everyone to use reward-based methods. But you should decide from the bat. You know, are we going to let the puppy on the couch or are we not going to let the puppy on the couch? Where's he going to sleep? Who gets to walk the puppy? Who's responsible for feeding him? When are we going to feed him? Who's going to take him out for potty breaks? Get all that stuff set up ahead of time and you're going to have a much smoother transition with that puppy. Well, that concludes our very first show. Thank you so much for joining us. We're out of time. I would like to thank my producers for making this possible. If you are interested in contacting me, you can find me on Facebook on Positive Results, the Positive Results page. You can go to the website, getpositiveresults.com, and you are welcome to email me at teody at petliferadio.com. I'll spell that for you. I'm sure you don't know that many teodies. It's T-E-O-T-I. So that's T-E-O-T-I at PetLifeRadio.com. Feel free to send us questions for future episodes, comments, or any more ideas you have. Thank you so much for joining Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.